Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast, Everyday Victory for Modern Christian Women. Be sure to find us on our website at www.mcwwisdom.com. Okay, I know I have not posted in quite some time, and it is because I have been working so hard to finish a lot of writing projects, technical writing projects. And if you have gone to my website, arhampton.com, you can see that I have been busy writing books about grant writing, business grammar, all of those sorts of things. Um, So I've been completing some books, but this podcast is going to be a bit of a girlfriend. Let's talk about it podcast. (laughs) Because the messages for this channel are heading in a direction that could be controversial to some. In fact, when the Holy Spirit talked to me, and I don't want to make that sound spooky. So when I say the Holy Spirit talked to me, for me, it feels like a strong impression on the right side of my body. It feels like, no, this isn't just a thought in your head. This is me, right? This is God. This is what we are going to do. (laughs) And so then once I feel that impression, it feels like I am being guided and directed to do what that impression is guiding me and leading me to do. And that impression, uh, child, let me tell you, has had me writing up a storm so much so that I said, God, you have a lot of confidence in my abilities because the word says to whom much is given, much is required. And you have given me a whole lot. And so you must really trust me to do it. I mean, so when I hear people saying, I want to write a book, I'm like, my God, That is more than a notion. On top of that, online classes, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you what I've been up to and why MCW Wisdom has not had any new posts in quite some time. So I am thankful for the fact that God has given me so many gifts and talents and that so many people are being blessed by the knowledge that he has given me to give to you. So with all of that said, when I'm felt impressed to talk about on this channel what the Holy Spirit was telling me to talk about and to write about it, this is the first time in my memory that I have ever said, I don't know about that, literally, when I was like, what? I don't don't know about that, literally. Every other assignment the Holy Spirit has impressed upon me, I've done with little to no hesitation. But this one, I was like, oh, wow. Because there are things happening among women regarding marriage and sexuality that are not of God. And I got messages long ago, long ago, And I was going to title it, Keep the Church Out of Your Sex Life. And this morning, the Lord reminded me about that. And I said, oh, yeah, I did write notes on that years ago. I don't know where they are. And it's like the Holy Spirit was like, don't worry about it. We know where they are. (laughs) And it is because 
so many people on YouTube particularly have grown popular teaching the word of God. And that's okay. But they're speaking about sexuality in a way and women's sexuality in a way that is very religious. And now the snake has gotten into these conversations. The devil has placed a religious spirit within these conversations about sex, about intimacy, about what you can do, what you can't do, to the point where it is grieving his daughters. That's what he's saying, particularly black women. It is grieving his daughters and it is disrupting marriages. One of the number one reasons why Christian marriages fail is because of sex, especially in this day and time we're living in. Because of sex, women are afraid of sex. They've been made to be afraid of sex. They've been made to have unbalanced opinions and attitudes towards sex to the point where being a virgin is now a problem, a practical problem in a marriage. Yes, being a virgin is usually very highly esteemed because that means you are pure. You have been pure before God. You know, Mary was a virgin. She had to be a virgin vessel in order for Jesus to come through the earth. But people have taken instances like that and made it a religion and such a heavy religious spirit upon his daughters that it is a burden now. There's so many people on YouTube, and I have to admit, I have consumed an inordinate amount of YouTube videos, and that's how I know <laughs> what is going on. So many people are popping up talking about kingdom marriages. They are calling themselves prophets when God has never called them a prophet. He has never called for them to be a prophet. There is a prophetic gifting where you uplift people. We all must prophesy, meaning that you encourage and you empower and you build up the body of God. But that does not mean you are sitting in the office of a prophet. And a lot of these messages that people on YouTube are calling prophetic are not really prophetic. They may be encouraging to a point, but if you listen, then these people will say something that will strike your spirit wrong. They will start off feeling very right, very, this must be of God, but then something will strike your spirit wrong and it'll make you say, uh, 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 I don't know about that. And these seem to be very trusting people, very trustworthy people, very well-meaning people. And so I'm not speaking against them, but these are also very young people. They are young in Christ. They are young to the things of God and God is using them mightily. But a lot of the times when you are young and being used so mightily, sometimes you get a little off balance because now you're getting so popular. Now you're getting so many views. Now YouTube is actually paying you money. So back to this kingdom marriage thing, there's so many messages popping up and so many people are watching and that translates into money for these YouTubers who put up those messages. And so you have people just in their cars talking about kingdom marriages. Oh, your kingdom marriage is on the way. Oh, God wants you to be married. And, and truly marriage is of God, but there is a perversion of marriage and of sexuality that is happening 
that is not of God. All right. And so I'm going to read through my notes here because we've got to talk about it. And it is a burden on the heart of God. It is a burden on the heart of God for his daughters. It was many years ago when he uh, gave me those notes about keep the church out of your sex life because it is messing women up. So I'll just tell you, my opinions about sex and my own sexuality might be unpopular with people, right? And it might seem to people that I'm talking against purity and I am not. So let me just say to you that I am a person who is not a virgin. I made a very distinct decision when I was 18 years old to have sex. It was a very intellectual decision to have sex. I have never, you know, had the attitude of, oh, no, you know, I can't do this before marriage. (laughs) I'm a modern Christian woman. I was coming of age in the 90s when living single was hot and friends was hot. And so that's what single people did. You got a job. You got into your career. You had sex because you were out there dating and you were out there just living a life. The only reason why I am celibate is because of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is where I'm coming from regarding sexuality. I don't particularly like being celibate, but I have kept myself pure um, because of uh, some interesting things that have happened to me regarding my sex life. And they're not all bad, just very interesting uh, to the point where I know is God basically saying, uh, girl, no, no, we're not going to do this today. Uh, because he'll start making the man talk. <laughs> if you are a woman who really can't hold your mule in that way, uh, the Lord will help you hold your mule. So <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. And that's why I was sort of reluctant because I'm like, Lord, you know how I feel about sex and sexuality. You know how I feel that I have spent way too long being celibate and I don't particularly like it and I don't particularly always understand why. So he's like, but you're going to talk about it though. You're going to talk about it and you are the one who will talk about it. And I'm like, okay, all right. First note, religious spirit regarding sex. There is now a religious spirit in the Christian community regarding sex that is not of God. It is making young women in particular and women of all ages quite upset to the point of fear about having sex when the time comes for them. You will meet someone you want to marry. Sex will be an issue, particularly if he's not a virgin and if you're not a virgin. But if you are a virgin and if you have been celibate for a very long time and if you are a Christian woman, then sex is going to be a sensitive issue, but a necessary issue for you to talk about with your intended partner. Perverting purity into fear 
and shame about sex. And that is not of God, because that means there is condemnation. Condemnation is not of God. If you listen to a person and talking about sexuality and God, and you walk away feeling fearful and ashamed, that is not of God. If you are confused, that is not of God. God is not the author of confusion, fear, or shame. That is the devil's business. But there is a lot of confusion, sheer fear, and shame floating around the interweb, okay, especially among YouTube, among these very impressionable people who are trying to do the right thing, who want to do the right thing, who want to follow Christ fully, but they're getting a lot of mixed and confusing messages that leave them feeling worse than they probably already were about sex and sexuality. People are making a religious standard out of Paul's words that is hurting Christian marriages. These are my notes that I have written this early in the morning from the Holy Spirit. When people talk about sex and sexuality, I always go to the fornication scriptures. Don't fornicate. Don't be a homosexual. They always go to Paul about singleness. Well, Paul was single. It, Paul never said he never had sex, number one. When he was talking to the people he was talking to in the New Testament, they were out of control sexually. So I'm not going to get into that now, but perhaps later. So he even says, I believe I'm under the spirit when I say this. And then he went on to talk about sexuality and what they should and should not do. And it was because they were particularly out of hand. There was a verse that said, basically, you're doing stuff that the Gentiles are not doing. It's like you are so bad about it and so out of control that people who don't know God are not doing the kinds of things sexually that y'all are doing. So y'all need to get this under control. That's where Paul was coming from. But a lot of people have taken that and especially beat women over the head with it. Oh, you should be single or you should be sexless, you know, and making people feel, particularly women, that sex is bad, that you should uh, never have sex in your life if you've never been married, <laughs> you know. And, and I always point people back to Christ because of my own opinions about that. I try to keep that to myself. But one thing that I have done is to pray to God about my sex life, is to pray to God about my celibacy. I have had some real conversations with God about being celibate. And some of it is what you've heard before. I don't particularly like it. I am up in years. Why am I still having to do this? <laughs> but, you know, if it's, if it's to the point where you feel so constricted and constrained about sex and there is such a bondage to it, then that is not of God. Now, truly, there are some things practically you probably don't want to get into. Truly, there is a spiritual aspect to sex. And that is the number one reason why I have been celibate for so long. It's because I understand the act of joining and connecting with another person 
in a way that I wasn't thinking about it when I was a younger lady, when I was a younger Christian lady. More people are having affairs because their wives are cold about sex. You're hearing so much about kingdom marriage, kingdom marriage. I'm going to wait until I get married. And then all of a sudden, the marriage day comes and the woman is having difficulty having sex. I was listening to a very popular young pastor. He said his wife, number one, would not go to the reception, which was a problem on their wedding day. Two, she said she was tired and did not have sex. So they did not consummate their marriage on their wedding day. And that happens with a lot of people. I've heard people say, you know, we it was such a big day. We were so nervous. We had so much going on, so many people around. We just got tired, and so we just did it in the morning um, because consummation of marriage makes it legal, <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot of people, you can get marriages annulled very quickly if you did not consummate it. So sex in a marriage becomes a legality, really. And it is important. So so that's okay. But then you have people who are very honest on YouTube who are coming out and saying that sex within their marriage is a difficulty. I remember working with this young guy um, who was white. And I don't know how we started talking about it, but he told me about friends of his that he knew, a couple that he knew, who were so into church and so into God and their uh, church impressed upon them purity so much that when they got married, they both had problems having sex to the point that they wound up getting divorced. And this is a real situation. This is not something that's being made up. So yes, you can get married, but when you commit to getting married, you are also committing to having sex with your partner. So when you think about getting married and if you pray to God to get married, you are going to have to pray to God about your sex life because it is an expectation of marriage. Particularly, it is an expectation of women. If you meet a celibate man and you have been celibate for a long time and you all get together in marriage, he is going to expect to get it on, all right, without hesitation and reservation. But if you have not dealt with yourself honestly with God about your sexuality and about what you're comfortable doing and what you're not comfortable doing, then that's going to be a problem. Virgin married women are afraid about sex. And unfortunately, it is leading to divorce. Some people very clearly are told by God, hear me well, are told by the Holy Spirit not to have sex before marriage. If that is what God told you, then you better not do it. <laughs> or try hard not to, because that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is very forgiving. Um, but if you particularly have been told, you feel you have been told by the spirit of God to keep yourself pure, to remain a virgin until marriage, 
then that is what you do. In all of these conversations, I bring you right back to Christ, right back to the feet of Christ. I bring you right back to the Holy Spirit for wisdom and guidance regarding you and your sexuality and what, how sex happens in your life, right? Because we all have our different journeys and our own particular specific journeys. That's why you have to spend time in prayer and in honest conversation before God about your sexuality. So now we need balanced, practical conversations about sex. You need your own private understanding about your body and about how sex plays out in your life. You get that from your creator. We are created beings. You need to, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the Bible is the manual, so you got to look to the manual that the creator gave you about your life. And that is true in all things. A lot of us, a lot of women need to be healed regarding sexuality. So you need the spirit of the living Christ to heal maybe your physical body, to heal your mind. Some of you have experienced sexual abuse or uncomfortable sexual experiences that might have you very gun shy about sex. You might have met a man that you feel very much like you want to marry, but you are still having holdups about sex because of some past unfortunate experiences. That's why you need to be healed of that. You have to get honest about that before you just jump into a relationship or jump into a marriage and act like it's not a problem. Do not just act like it's not a problem, then get married and it becomes a problem because you never dealt with it. You are going to have to deal with it. And it's in all love. Christ loves us so much that he is speaking about this area of our lives that the devil has stepped into, right? Bringing shame and condemnation, which is grieving his daughters. And he's saying enough is enough of that, right? Enough is enough of that. Seek the Holy Spirit for wisdom about your sex life, about your love life. I remember some years ago, I had a book of prayers by Marianne Williamson. And in it, she had prayers for your sex life. And I messed around and prayed that prayer over my life <laughs> because I began to truly seek God about it. And that is how I became so celibate. <laughs> and, and it's all good. You know, it's all good. But what happens is that we live in physical bodies. So your desire for sex doesn't leave. Physically and biologically, your bodies are made for intimacy so that longing for intimacy is not going to go away. But you do have to exercise self-control in this area for a variety of very practical and spiritual reasons. Yesterday or last night, I was on Instagram and uh, trying to take a break from this book. Um, I am so desperately trying to finish. And so I ran across this popular young lady who seems perfectly nice and perfectly on task when it comes to the purpose of God for her life. 
Really, really. And so that's why a lot of people trust what she says. But she talked about sexuality and fleeing sexual immorality and made comments that confused some people and upset some people. So I made a reply on this one young lady's comment because she said, wait, is kissing fornication? Because the young lady said, you know, suggested don't even kiss before marriage, but she didn't give any explanation about why she keeps suggesting kissing is bad. So somebody else offered an opinion and said, maybe because like in the Song of Solomon, he says, do not wake up love before it's time. Maybe she means that kissing can lead to sex, which can lead to fornication. And so that conversation began to happen because people were like, wait, we can't kiss? That's why we need a balanced, practical perspective on intimacy and on sex for you. So I commented, I said, listen, you cannot rely on another person's experiences or on their opinions, no matter how many Bible scriptures they lace into it. You have got to go to God about your own sexuality, about your own views about sexuality, and seek the Holy Spirit for wisdom about how sex plays out in your life. That's the comment that I made. Because I stand by that. In all things, you have to come to God. You have to seek Christ. You have to hear the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And especially when it comes to your sex life. I also mentioned you might not like what you hear back. (laughs) Because I really did not. But that is between you and God. Keep the church out of your sex life. Because God wants you to seek him in all things. Especially your sex life, and especially your physical body, because it is causing so much error. It is causing so much pain and unfortunate circumstances. Let me tell you, when I was living in Atlanta and I was having some very high spiritual experiences and I was increasing so fast in spiritual knowledge, I went to um, some singles meetings and I stopped, but that's a whole nother thing. But this young lady, or it was told that a young lady at a church had been dating a youth minister, and she feels like she caught her piece from him. And she tried to tell the leadership, hey, he's out here having sex with people. I had sex with him and caught an STD. And of course, the church leadership did not do anything to that youth pastor. And pretty much brought it victim shamed, brought it back on the female. Well, why are you having sex anyway? Oh, this is a consequence of fornication, which it is. It really is. But just the fact that she was made to feel like this guy was going to marry her because he made her feel that way. And so she felt like it was okay because there was a a thing about sanctified sex that was really hot a few years ago. So if you are two Christians and you intend to be buried, then it's not really that bad. We can go ahead and test the waters, you know, sanctified sex. My God. Um, Yes. This has been going on for a long time within um, the body of Christ. And so you have women who have been sleeping with these ministers, the Clark sisters, One of the sisters came back 
with seven kids by different men. And somebody made a comment that I saw saying, but yeah, but they were all bishops and pastors though. Is that supposed to make it better? I mean, that she got seven kids by these different men, but they were bishops and pastors? Come on now. There is corruption in the body of Christ when it comes to sex and sexuality that is messing people up, okay? Particularly women. And God is grieved by this. So now you got people asking, is kissing fornication? And I was like, oh God, um, oh Lord. And uh, he was like, yep, yep, but you're gonna, you're gonna talk about it. What you need to understand is that some of these people that you trust talking about sexual purity are not virgins. And some young ladies on YouTube have been very honest about their sexual past, saying they used to club, they used to have sex, uh, casual sex, you know, they had to have a boyfriend, had to have sex, and so God really had to deal with them about that because it was messing in up mentally and spiritually and physically. So they really did need control in their sex lives. And I was celibate for four years and I'm like, honey, get off of here. You were only celibate for four years before you got married and then you could have sex again. Get off of here. <laughs> so some of these people are not virgins, but they have had a sexual past that they are not particularly proud of. And that's fine. But when it becomes religious principles, when it comes in a way to people that feels like, oh, I'm such a bad person because I can't stop having sex, or I'm such a bad person because I was celibate for six months and then I messed around and did it again, then that condemnation is an issue. And the young lady that I'm thinking about was very honest in saying this was a, a journey. This was a difficult part of her spiritual journey, giving up sex and being celibate, especially because she had been so sexual in the past. This is modern Christian women. So you have to watch who you listen to. You have to watch who you listen to. And you have to consider your own experiences, your own feelings, and come to God, your own self, about your sexuality. I keep saying that because that is the truth. So this is just a little bit of a precursor about some of the messages that you might see coming on MCWism, the website, the blog, and then on the podcast. And let me tell you, um, to me, this is a doozy. But my charge is to talk about sex in a way that is practical and not overly religious because there's been enough of that. However, in all of the messages, as I do, I will always point you back to the healing power of Christ and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And these are the end of my notes. So, my God. I keep saying that because part of me is like, really? And, uh, but I keep feeling, yes, yes, ma'am. Yep, yep, you're going to talk about it. And still, I'm like, oh, God, really? Because I don't want people to misinterpret what I say. But what he's telling me is as long as you keep pointing people back to Christ, you're fine. 
as long as you say what I'm telling you to say, you're fine. God has given me controversial stuff to say a lot in the past anyway. (laughs) And I'm like, but God, you see what happened in those situations when I spoke out. But what I'm getting right now is God is with you. God is with you. So, okay, hopefully, my goodness, this has been helpful to some of you. So these are things to come for the channel. As I said, I am trying to finish up this one last technical book before I launch full-fledged into MCW Wisdom and into these messages that God has given me to say and things that he's given me to say about women, Christian women, sex and sexuality. You know, I wrote a book called Before You Start Dating Again, Wit and Wisdom for Modern Christian Women. You might want to check that out because I did say some very pointed things about sex and dating in that book. They're not salacious at all, but I say very pointed because um, a lot of it gets really practical, really practical. So that's on the website, MCW Wisdom. Just click books, or you go to arhampton.com slash books and take a look at Before You Start Dating Again. And that's written for women like me who have, you know, we, we dated the world's way and we had sex and engaged in sex the world's way. But now we want to do it God's way but I'm still living in this body. I still have the memories of my time in Babylon. (laughs) How do I balance my Babylon memories with what God is leading me toward now? So that's where that book is coming from. So hopefully you will pick it up. Again, that's Before You Start Dating Again, Wit and Wisdom for Modern Christian Women, mcwwisdom.com. All right, thank you so much for listening. God bless you. God keep you. Read the word for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. Get your own revelation. You cannot substitute YouTube videos and sermons, somebody else's opinions for your prayer life and for what God is leading you to do by the spirit of the living Christ, by the Holy Spirit. All right, thank you so much. God bless.